Costs to originate keep rising, even with more technology in the industry. The problem is the core platform. A new LOS can re-architect the process around data, not humans moving paper files. Vesta has built this LOS, and you can learn more at Vesta.com. HousingWire Daily examines the most compelling mortgage, real estate, and fintech articles reported from the HousingWire newsroom. Each afternoon, the HW Digital team provides our listeners with a deeper look into the stories that are helping move markets forward. Hosted and produced by Alcina Lloyd and Victoria Wickham. And now, here's our host. Pulled from the hottest topics coming across our news desk, I'm Victoria Wickham, and this is Housing Wire Daily. Today, you'll be listening to an exclusive interview that features Tendai Kapadze, Lending Tree's chief economist. In today's interview, Kapadze discusses how the COVID 19 pandemic has altered the nation's home buying trends. But before you listen, here's a brief word on Housing Wire's newest podcast. They say money talks, so why can't we? HousingWire is thrilled to introduce its newest podcast, Girl Funds, a show where we give you our two cents on money. We love to talk with our girlfriends about everything, except our finances. We're here to bring money back into the conversation, hosted by me, Brendan Ath, along with our editor-in-chief, Sarah Wheeler. Be sure to join us every week starting this Wednesday for our girls' night focused on everything from how to pursue your dream of owning a home to affording your best friend's wedding. Each week, we'll have a special guest join us as we intertwine finance and friendship. Hello, Housing Wire listeners. Today, I'm joined with Tendai Kpadze, Lending Tree's Chief Economist. Thanks for joining us on Housing Wire Daily. Thanks for having me. Of course, listeners, today he will be speaking to us about Lending Tree's latest report, which claims due to COVID-19, nearly half of Americans are considering a move to reduce living expenses. The report is based on the survey responses of more than 2,000 participants and suggests America's moving habits are changing. Tendai, before we dive into this report, let's talk about the COVID-19 pandemic and how it's impacted the typical American household. As we both know, this virus has left millions of Americans financially strained as unemployment rates have climbed and job markets have shrunken. What are some impacts you've been following? Uh, yeah, so, you know, around 40 million or so Americans uh, lost their jobs or had a you know negative shock to their income. Um, and as of the most recent data, there are around 20 million Americans who are still receiving uh, some form of income support in terms of the various unemployment benefits uh, that are out there. Uh, so a lot of Americans are really under significant financial strain. Um, and you know, for many who had hoped that perhaps their jobs would be coming back after a few months, that's not turning out to be the case. A lot of the job losses that we saw in March, April, and May uh, are what are called temporary job losses, which means that the person who loses their job expects to get their job back uh, within, say, six months or so. Uh, now, even though we're seeing less job losses, um, first off, those, a lot of those original jobs didn't come back. Maybe about half of them came back. Um, and then the people who are losing jobs now are enduring what are called permanent job losses. So we're seeing a transition from temporary to permanent job losses, and that means a weaker economy uh, you know, going forward. Uh, but there is a group of Americans who are doing relatively well through this pandemic. Uh, we really have a bifurcation of many people who are under income strain, but then at the higher income uh, 
the high income cohorts, uh, a lot of people have actually increased their savings uh, because they've been spending less. And so they're in stronger financial position and we see some of that playing out in the housing market. All right, as we talk about the housing market, let's discuss this analysis and some of its findings. According to LendingTree, 46% of those who responded to its survey indicated they were thinking about relocating within the next year. Of this total, 27% said they wanted to move to a new place in their current market, while 12% said they wanted to move to another city, and 8% said they wanted to move to a new state entirely. Let's talk about the motivations for each of these. Why are some home buyers either choosing to remain at home or relocating to a different market entirely? Uh, yeah, so I mean, there's a variety of reasons. Uh, you know, some of the big ones are that people are now realizing that maybe they need more space at home. If you're having to work from home and your kids are doing school from home, um, you know, they may not be enough room for everybody to be able to uh, do their work or do their schooling uh, without interruptions, right, from the rest of the family. Uh, so a lot of uh, home buyers or home seekers or, you know, even people who are renting are looking for more space uh, for all these activities that we're now doing at home uh, that previously used to go outside of the home for. And I think even after this uh, health crisis is over, a lot of these work from home policies from a lot of companies are going to remain. Uh, so, you know, it's a long run uh, view that you're probably going to need more space uh, at home. So a lot of people are looking for more space um, and they're doing that within, you know, their current uh, city or somewhere close by in their current geography. Uh, but then you have other folks who realize that, hey, you know, I don't need to live where I live. Uh, if my employer is now very comfortable with having remote teams and distributed teams, uh, maybe I live in a really high cost area. I want to move to a cheaper city or to a cheaper state. Uh, maybe I live far away from the majority of my family and I want to live closer to them. Or, you know, I'm sure for some folks, maybe they live too close to their family and they want to get away. So, you know, there's a lot of motivation for people to move around. <laughs> All right. Now, I'd like to talk about another finding in this report. A lending tree survey shows that 67% of consumers now desire home amenities and features they didn't previously consider. What are some of these amenities and why are they so important now? Um, yeah, and I, you know, for example, I just mentioned people need more space, right, for uh, all these various work from home activities. Um, and then some people just need some outside space uh, in general. Uh, for example, I live in New York City. Many people live in apartments. Uh, that, you know, they don't even have a balcony, right? When you're at home, you're indoors. Um, and that's because generally people uh, enjoy outside space, you know, throughout the city. Uh, but, you know, with a lot of that kind of not accessible or people spending more time at home, it can get claustrophobic if you don't have some of that outside space. Uh, so people are looking for outside space. Uh, people are looking for, you know, uh, home office uh, maybe more rooms so that their kids can be able to do their school schoolwork and they can work with some relative peace. Uh, and people are just looking for more space in general. So I think those are the big amenities. The home office is huge um, and the outside space uh, also is pretty huge. All right, so we know these amenities require money. So I kind of want to touch back on something that we talked about at the beginning of this interview. How has this pandemic financially impacted Americans? I mean, in your personal opinion, how will this pandemic impact the long-term economic pursuits of America's home buyers? Um, yeah, so we just got uh, new existing home sales data this morning. Um, and one thing that was really striking for me 
is that if you look at homes, homes under 100,000, uh, those were down about 20% year over year. Uh, and then homes from like 100 to 250,000 were up only about two and a half percent. But homes over a million dollars were up over 100% uh, from 2019. And what that really shows you is that, uh, you know, folks at the higher incomes are really enduring this pandemic very well. Uh, but folks with uh, lower income quartiles are struggling more. And a lot of this is also related to the types of industries that we have seen get affected by the COVID pandemic to a more severe extent. Service industries like restaurants um, and you know, industries where you have in-person service, um, you know, like beauty, nail salons, barbers, uh, and also travel and tourism, right? Uh, a lot of people in those industries uh, you know, make good middle income uh, earnings, uh, but may not necessarily be really high income people who would buy like million dollar type homes. So we're really seeing the effect of what industry you're in, uh, where you're located, uh, and where you are in the income scale affect how you're experiencing the pandemic. So I think probably what it means, uh, unfortunately, is that there's probably some increased uh, inequality uh, that's happening uh, in the economy, and that's probably going to have some long-term impact. Uh, we know that, for example, renters are under a lot of strain. We have another study that we did that shows that between a quarter and a third of renters are either behind on their rent payments or are concerned about their ability to pay their rent uh, going forward. Um, so, you know, that really suggests that, you know, we, we're looking at a weaker housing market and a weaker rental market at the lower income quintiles, but a relatively strong market at the higher income quintiles, which is also supported by these record low mortgage interest rates. All right, as we talk about long-term impacts for either demographic, I want to wrap this interview by discussing what LendingTree is forecasting for the housing market in 2021. What are you expecting in the new year? Yeah, you know, I'll probably start out by saying, you know, forecasting is a, is a dangerous pursuit right now. Uh, you know, I, I think if you look at the experience of 2020, um, I don't think there's any forecast out there uh, that really played out. Obviously, we had a really unusual event uh, with this pandemic. Uh, but, you know, the kind of initial expectation when the pandemic hit was that it was going to be really bad for the housing market. Uh, but it turned out to be, you know, relatively strong housing market, probably going to end up on par with uh, 2019. Um, and a lot of that has to do with like really low interest rates and some of these motivations for moving that we've been discussing. Uh, I think the most you can kind of predict about the 2021 housing market is that we'll probably continue to see really low interest rates. Uh, today, we just saw rates are now at 2.72 average from Freddie Mac. I think rates could fall another 30 uh, or 40 basis points or so. Uh, so that's going to continue to really support uh, demand in the housing market. Again, bias towards people who earn more income. Uh, so, you know, I think demand is looking uh, pretty strong for 2021. Uh, wouldn't put a number on it, uh, but I'd expect the spread that we've seen to continue you know, obviously absent some other intervening factor. All right. Well, thank you for that forecast and answering our questions about the nation's home buying trends, which do seem to be changing. Thank you. Thank you. Now, more than ever, the housing industry is looking to its leaders for answers. That's why each week, the Housing News Podcast invites a new mortgage, fintech, 
a real estate executive to the show to provide its listeners with more perspective on the announcements and news stories crossing Housing Wire's news desk. Hosted by Sarah Wheeler and produced by Elsina Lloyd, the Housing News Podcast is now available on iTunes, Spotify, Apple, Google Podcasts, and more. That's a wrap for today's episode of Housing Wire Daily. Remember to subscribe, rate, and review on Apple Podcasts, and join us again tomorrow.